On the field, inside the clubhouse, and everything in between. This is Brewers Weekly. Here's Dominic Catronio. Pay your tolls. Don't forget, IllinoisTollway.com, I think, is the uh, website, right? Hey, that was a fun week, honestly. Uh, the Cubs and the Brewers always has a lot of energy in the ballpark. Brewers win today 6-5. to five. This is going to be like a de facto post-game show here on Brewers Weekly. I'm Dom Catronio. But, man, I, I just want to start off on the top here, man. I know Cubs fans always come. I know. And, and they love our ballpark. Their money is green. It's totally fine. It just felt like a lot more than usual today. You know, like listening back to the home runs, like listening back to the Jan Gomes homer to tie the game, and then listening back to the Caratini home run at the bottom of the inning to take the lead, there's a difference in volume. And it frustrates me. I understand why it happens, but this is where I think the energy and the fun and the excitement of this week needs to flow over into the weekend. Okay, the Brewers, these are the last three home games for 10 days, right? They will have the four game, or more than 10 days. They'll have the four days off for the All-Star break, Monday through Thursday. Then they'll go to Cincinnati, and then they'll come, uh, then they'll continue the road trip to Atlanta, if I'm not mistaken, uh, or excuse me, to Philadelphia, and come right back home for the Atlanta Braves and the Reds again. So, in a way, this weekend, I mean, you're not going to have the, as many Reds fans as there were Cubs fans. I'm just kind of calling out, you're going to have to create your own energy here coming up. And I, I, over 30,000 in every game, holiday week, you, you really want to avoid that, you know, quote unquote, air quotes, hangover series given how topsy-turvy this series was. But nonetheless, the Brewers won the game. 855-616-1620. Again, 855-616-1620. Old National Bank talking text line. Old National Bank, get old. We got plenty of audio to play from you today. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about Craig Council's reaction, some unsung heroes, Freddie Peralta's reaction, and his start at large. Uh, I've got some really interesting numbers to break down from his start today, and we'll preview what the Reds will have in store coming up as well. But first, I mean, we got to get to a few highlights today. We got to hear some of the highlights of what happened today of a, a wacky contest. Brewers uh, against Marcus Stroman, who's been one of the best in baseball, making his last start of the first half. He's soon to be an all-star up against Freddie Peralta. And once again, water is wet. The Cubs struck first, uh, as they had done all four games. They scored first in this one. And, and then the Brewers were able to respond Later on in the fifth inning, when things really turned on their head in the blink of an eye against Marcus Stroman, the Brewers got an infield hit, or from a base hit, a bloops hit, I should say, from Rymel Tapia, a walk that was a borderline pitch, should have been called. Mike Estabrook had an interesting day behind the plate. But then it, it kind of set the stage. It seemed like Marcus Stroman couldn't lock it in after not getting that call against Victor Caratini. Uh, and, and then two batters later, you had Joey Weimer coming to the plate. And the pitch. Line to left, base hit, Tapia around third, and the throw will come to third base from Ian Happ. Wisely, Weimer ties the game with a line single to left. Great stuff in the blink of an eye, new game, and Yelly, the hottest man on the planet, coming to the plate. Got more of his numbers later, and he really cemented why he deserved to be an all-star on that first ballot. Yelich drives one to left. Deep warning track. Get up on the wall. Get on. 
sometimes that little get up from Bob and just that was the reason it got out, right? Just that little get up, yes. Literally the top of the wall, then hit the metal siding below the barrel yard there. And in the span of three pitches, all of a sudden the Brewers had a four to one lead. It, it wasn't all sunshine and lollipops, so Freddie Peralta pitched well. We're gonna have more on him a little bit later. Freddie returns for the sixth inning. Uh he had a lot of pitches in tow, eighty nine pitches entering that sixth inning. And then a Stoink single and a Chris, uh, a Cody Bellinger two-run homer made it a one-run game, and that chased Freddie from this start. He pitched very, very well, though. We'll hear from him in the next segment. And, and then all of a sudden, it's 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 a four to three Brewers. They added an insurance run in the seventh inning, manufacturing a run, a walk by Yelich, a stolen base e two, then scored on a sack fly. But Jan Gomes would tie it in the top of the eighth inning with a two-run homer off of J C Mejia. That would make it. Five to five, and then for the second straight year, it wasn't on the Fourth of July, but during the Fourth of July series, Victor Caratini with a massive shot against his former team. And the pitch, Caratini to right and deep. Get up, get up, get out of here, gone for Caratini, and the Brewers are back on top. Six-five would be the final. Yoel Piams would have the ninth inning today. Devin Williams was unavailable given all the use and all the use the bullpen has had at large as of late. And it was Piams with a pretty seamless, given how crazy this series was, ninth inning. And the pitch popped him up. This one is playable. Adamas has it, and this one is over. Exhale. The Brewers get the victory. They split the series. You know, walking out of there, it felt like you know, this wasn't just a split. It, it almost felt like a series win. I mean, at times it felt like you're in a road game, as we know how it can tend to be sometimes when the Cubs are in town. But the point is, could the Brewers have swept this series? Undoubtedly. Did they? No. A split isn't the end of the world. And we learned a lot about this team in multiple ways. We're going to get into some of that a little bit later. Up next, we're going to hear from Freddie Peralta and Craig Council about his start today. I thought Freddie was fantastic today. We got some numbers to reflect it as well. 855-616-1620. Again, 855-616-1620. If you want to participate in the program this evening, we're with you till 9 o'clock tonight. I'm Dom Catronio. Hang with us. This is Brewers Weekly. This is Brewers Weekly on WTMJ. Fun week. Reds coming to town next, and then the half is over. Devin Williams, as of now, the only Brewers all-star coming up on Tuesday's Midsummer Classic. I want to know, who's your home run derby pick, by the way? Uh, I think there's, I, don't sleep on Bombi. Don't sleep on Adolis Garcia. That dude's a stud, Matt Sossler. You got any early picks for your, for your home run derby? Luis Roberts, the one seed, and I think he's the one seed for a reason. Pete Alonso is coming back. I like him as well. Uh, I could easily see those two taking it all the way in Seattle. It's an interesting ballpark, though, the first time that the All-Star game has been held in a while, I believe, or maybe even the first yeah. time. It's the second time at now T-Mobile Park, yeah. previously Safeco. Remember, the last time they were there was 2001, when Cal Ripken Jr. was in his last All-Star game, Alex Rodriguez yes. made him go play short. Oh, yeah. Uh, so, that one. Uh, but it's definitely an advantage for a left-handed hitter, though. So, maybe Adley Rutschman. And he, he says, like, oh, I'm definitely going to start left-handed, but maybe I'll just flip over to the right-handed side if I get a little bit tired. I think that's kind of a really cool flex. Anyway, yeah, it's all righties, except for Rutschman. He's a switch hitter. Luis Robert versus Rutschman. 
Pete Alonso versus Julio Rodriguez. Mookie Betts, Vlad Jr., Arolis Garcia versus Randy Arozarena. I'm excited. I, I love the home run derby. I love the new ballot. Anyway, so we're going to talk about Freddie Peralta here in this segment. Freddie, 10 strikeouts, second time this season. He's the only guy that have a double-digit strikeout game this year for the Brewers, which is a little alarming and a little shocking. Nonetheless, he got it done again today. He even hit 99 miles an hour as he was informed by Kurt Hogue of the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel in the uh, post-game scrum with the media. Here's what Freddie had to say about how good his stuff was if maybe it was the best he's had. Uh, I'm not sure about that, but I think probably it was. If, if it wasn't, probably it wasn't the best. Probably the second one. But I think it was... I, I was feeling great today. Almost hit 99 to Suzuki. What goes into that Jeez, velocity I, for you? I didn't know that. 98.7. Can't quite give you 99. Yeah, that, that's 99. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know that. And, you know, they were taking very good ABs this whole series. And, you know, I knew what I was facing last last game of the series and very important for us. And, you know, I got to give him, like, like, you know, I credit to them because they, they've been doing, they played very, very hard against this series. They were great. And Freddie, again, the 10 strikeouts, the, the couple of things that jump out to me about Freddie's start today. Number one, he threw 104 pitches, 64 of them were strikes. That's a really good rate. Number two, he had a career-high 28 swings and misses today. I think that's a pretty good validation of your stuff being as good as it's ever been. In fact, it was the second most swing and misses ever by a brewer in the pitch-tracking era since 2008. Corbin Burns had 30 last year against the Cubs, or two years ago against the Cubs, beg your pardon, in the ten in the uh, 16 strikeout game he had in the 10 strikeouts in a row game. So 28 swings and misses, 28 whips. And I saw a couple folks on Twitter complaining about his pitch count early. Craig Council saw that as well. But the, the thing with Freddie, and I had a discussion with a few members of the media as well, the thing with Freddie, it's not his fault if he's getting swings and misses, right? And that's driving up his pitch count. The reason why your pitch count is low is because people are swinging and putting the ball in play early, i.e. Colin Ray against the Pittsburgh Pirates, right? He he was at like 60 pitches entering the seventh inning because there were so many first pitch swings and balls in play. Freddie's stuff was so good today. He's getting swings, but no one's connecting. That's not his fault on the pitch count. Yeah, there are a few walks in there, three walks in there. He was trying to complete six innings, but to grind it out, I mean, he gets a, over a week off now. And the Brewers get to totally set up their rotation, given they don't have any starting pitchers in the All-Star game. So I imagine they get to reset their their rotation with Corbin Burns getting the ball tomorrow. I imagine Corbin Burns will get the ball next Friday as well, coming out of the break. But, again, it's not Freddie's fault that he's getting swings and misses. That's how good this stuff was today, and that's why he got lengthened out a little bit. Here's what Craig Council had to say. It's a longer answer here, just overall about Freddie and trying to avoid a taxed bullpen today and what he was able to provide for the Brewers. You know, they, like today, just the ease of operation and the, what he's and how he, the ball's coming out of his hand is very encouraging. Um, and we just have to keep building on it and know that it's that there's a lot of good happening. You know, we can be you know a little disappointed by the line, um, but. There's a lot of good in there, I think, and um, you know, I think he's going into the second half of the season um, feeling good um, and just 
just a couple pitches here and there, and, and we can get some very, very good results. The decision to leave him in for Bellinger, were you just trying to squeeze another one out there? Well, look, we were, I mean, we are we are taxed in the bullpen and it's just it's just the facts and that's this is freddie's last start before the break um i was i thought freddie could get through the inning um we had a three-run lead um hobie's pitched i believe nine times in the last 14 days um maybe it maybe eight but he, he's pitched a whole bunch um so you can you know that you're making a choice every day if, I can pitch Hobie there, and then we're not going to have him for sure tomorrow and for sure for a couple of days, so you, you take a shot. And um, I thought I, that wasn't really a tough decision. Um, it was it was Freddie's inning at that point. Um, unfortunately, Bellinger got It was a great swing from Belly, a bad changeup from Freddie. And Bellinger is maybe the hottest player in baseball. He's got a 12-game hitting streak tying a career long for him. But otherwise, don't let that overshadow a really good start from Freddie. Here's his own words on what he felt was working today. I think that, that I was spinning the ball really good today. Fastball. I was locating really good. The, the slide very good too. The change of works. Uh, you know, only one was the one that uh, Bellinger was able to hit outside the park. Well, and that to happen was the job that I did today. Uh, I may feel better, but I feel good about it. I think the spinning part is the most important thing today. Of his breaking balls, right? His curveball and his slider. He threw a total of 35 of them. Okay. 24 of them were strikes. That's both called strikes and swings and misses. That's a 69% rate. Pause. The, the big thing for me is on those strikes, right, 24 strikes, 12 of them were swings and misses. So half of them were called strikes. Half of them were whiffs. Or I shouldn't say called strikes. Some of them could have been put in play as well. So half of his strikes with the breaking ball were whiffs. That's a sign of you spinning it very, very well. As we mentioned a moment ago, 28 swings and misses, a new career high for him, second most in Brewers history. Ridiculous stuff. And it wasn't like his spin rate was higher. The velo was up. I mean, he averaged 96 miles an hour today on his fastball. And normally we see that ramp, right? Where he goes up and down, up and down, up and down. He'll sit 92 for a couple of batters, and he'll ramp it up to 96. He was sitting 96 for most of the day. There was some adrenaline in there for Freddie Peralta. Loved what we saw from Freddie today. He unfortunately gets a no decision because of the uh, the late homer from Jan Gomes to eliminate the decision in this one. But nonetheless, five and a third, four hits, three runs. They were all earned. Three walks, ten strikeouts, one home run. His ERA lowers slightly to 4.70. He's going to need a big second half. The Brewers are going to be a serious threat in the postseason. I want to talk a little bit about Christian Yelich coming up next. Is he back? Is he back? Let's be honest. Is he back? It's all anybody wants to know on Twitter. Is he back? Is, is he yelling? Can we say it? Is he back? I think he is. And I got some numbers to prove it. If you want to agree, disagree, come on in. 855-616-1620. 855-616-1620. I'm Dom Catronio. This is Brewers Weekly. Brewers Weekly on WTMJ. Felt like 2019 in the ballpark this week. Crazy series between Belly and Yelly. Good stuff. It's always fun when those two guys are getting in on it. Brewers win today 6-5. They split the series. This is Brewers Weekly. I'm Dominic Catronio. 
Christian Yelich has heard about it plenty. He doesn't really stink anymore, and he's that's his own words. He's like, I don't, I don't suck anymore. And he's always been a guy that is self-deprecating when it comes to asking him about his struggles over the last two years. Nobody wants to suck, and I've sucked pretty bad are some of the quotes that he has said in the past. And he doesn't stink. I asked him today about the vibes between Christian Yelich and Cody Bellinger of 2019 versus 2023 that it kind of did turn back time there. Matt Sossler, our producer with the song. George, here's what Yelly had to say. Uh, I think it was a pretty wild one, actually. Um, you know, a lot of wild endings that, uh, you know, for both teams, for them and for us. So, uh, in the end, it ended up as a split, and uh, they move on from there, I guess. Yeah, a few people told me that today. Uh, but I'm, I'm happy for him. It's good to see him doing well. Uh, yeah, he's a, he's a great player. And, uh, you know, there's, there's ups and downs of, of seasons. just how it goes. And uh, yeah, he's putting together a really good year. Hopefully he continues. It's not against us. Just not against, just not against the Brewers, as he made it clear. Uh, the Brewers still have two more series with the Cubs. They don't see him again for over a month. They'll see them uh, in... They will end the regular season with the Chicago Cubs, and those games could matter. So the next time the Brewers see them, both teams could look very different. I imagine the next time the Brewers see the Cubs, they will not have Marcus Stroman in tow. He seems to be uh, planning to opt out, but open to re-signing with the Cubs. He understands he's probably going to get traded to somebody. There's a lot of teams looking for starting pitching out there. But anyway... As for what the manager had to say, remember Christian Yelich had a three-run homer to give the Brewers some space, a 4-1 lead at the time. Off of Marcus Stroman, who looked dominant as ever today. I'll hat tip to Stroman. He was really rolling it today. Uh, here's what Council had to say about Yelly's homer. I mean, big credit to Christian. I mean, he, he's, you know, that that's a huge swing um, on, a, on a very, very good pitcher and who's having a great season and frankly wasn't wasn't giving us much and he was really locked in um and doesn't give up home tough to hit homers off of um so that's that's just a big time player hitting great pitching it, it was a massive moment of the game and yelich goes yard uh, is he back that's the thing that everybody ever wants to talk about when we're talking about christian yelich he goes one for three today a homer the three-run shot, a walk, zero strikeouts, and a stolen base. Scored twice. Yelich, up to the second, is hitting 287, leads the team. A 381 on base, a 459 slugging, and an 840 OPS. Now, real quick, I want to do a quick thought exercise with you. In your head... What do you think league average is for the standard slash line, right? The slash line is always batting average, on base, slugging, and then thus OPS at the very end. Just real quick, in your head, what do you think league average is for batting average this year? You know, rule changes and everything, pitch clock. What do you think it is? Time's up. 249. That is league average this year. Once again, Yelly's hitting 287 right now. So that's nearly 40 points better. Than league average. Okay, what about on base percentage? Everybody's drawn walks these days. Everybody knows the value of a walk now. What do you think on base percentage is across the league? 320. 320 is league average. So, once again, back to Christian Yelich. 381 on base, 61 points better than league average. 
slugging percentage. Remember, he's a leadoff hitter now. We're not seeing 2018, 2019 Christian Yelich walk in the door. We're seeing more like the guy we saw from the Miami Marlins walk in the door when they first acquired him ahead of the 2018 season. So what do you think slugging percentage is on average across the league? That's 411. And once again, Yelich is at 459, 48 points better. It, you, you hear what I'm getting at here, right? League average for OPS is 731, and because he's over 40 points better than league average in the other two metrics, he's at 840. 840 for his OPS. Over 100 points better than league average. I know some of you think that 2019 is coming through the door. Here's the thing about 2019. It was a juiced baseball. I really have a hard time looking at power numbers from that season. We know it was a juice baseball, not just what the ball that Yelly was playing, what the ball that everybody was playing with. So everybody's home run numbers were absolutely inflated. But 2018 was crazy. So I want to look at some of 2018's numbers and even 2017's numbers with the Marlins to right now for Christian Yelich. 2017 with the Marlins, he hit 282 for the season. Again, he's at 287. He hit 30. Six doubles that year. Now, we're past the halfway point of the season, and he's at 17 doubles. So we're just past the halfway point. That means he's currently projected to be under 36 doubles, but over 30 doubles. Love that. Okay. He also, that season in 2017, hit 18 homers. Today was number 11 on a pace to surpass that this year as well. In that year, in 2017, he stole 16 bases. Today was number 21 for Yelly. This is the guy that the Brewers acquired. Not the guy that was suddenly hitting 40 homers a year. That's not who Christian Yelich is. And the other reason why I'm really encouraged for what 2018 was for Yelly, yes, the batting average was a little bit higher. And his on, I mean, he was a 3-4-5 a guy in 2018 when he won the MVP. A 3-4-5 meaning a 300 average, a 400 on base, and a 500 slugging. I mean, he was nearly a 600 slugging percentage in 2018. But the couple of reasons why I'm encouraged by some of the advanced numbers for Christian Yelich this year, comparing them to 2018. We talk a lot about Christian Yelich hitting a lot of ground balls and his launch angle. This is the closest his launch angle has been to 2018, at least a, a human level of launch angle. 2019, he was superhuman, and I think that was in part because of the juiced baseball. He had a five-degree average launch angle in 2020 or 2018. This year, he's at 4.5, so he's just marginally off the average launch angle that he had in that great MVP season. And that launch angle isn't everything. I mean, again, the batting average was better that year. The quality of contact, though, is very similar. He had a hard hit 51% of the time. This year, he's at 54% of the time. Strikeout rates are about the same. He's walking a little bit more this year as opposed to 2018. Another thing is the opposite field rate is what jumps out to me about Yelich. 2018, he was all about pulling the ball and up the middle. 44% straight away, 31% pull, 25% oppo. Whereas this year, it's an even spread. I'm going to share this photo on Twitter as well at Dom underscore Catronio, D-O-M underscore C-O-T-R-O-N-E-O. A spray chart of his home runs this year, they're to all fields. It's beautiful that he's hit it out to every part of the ballpark, using the entire field. He's not going to win MVP, but he's playing some darn good baseball right now. And I think, and I heard it on television today with Bill Schroeder, 
Bill Shorter saying, it's not, he's not hot. He's good again. And there's a difference. Okay? Being hot means that, all right, it's going to last a couple weeks, then it'll fade off. No, he is sustaining this success ever since May. Okay, remember, he had the cold April. And ever since May, he's been a different player. He entered the month of May with a 228 batting average, a 310 on base, and just a 657 OPS. Since then, since the start of May, a 318 batting average, a 412 on base, a 517 slugging for a 929 OPS. This dude has been one of the best in baseball since the start of May. I'm ready to say it. He is back to Miami Yelly, a doubles machine, putting the ball in play, doing his job getting on base. He is a leadoff hitter now, and he's one of the best in baseball, if not the best. And he deserves to be an all-star. I hope they call on him for the reserves. Really happy for Christian Yelich getting things going in the right direction. I wanted to talk about some unsung heroes in this first half as well. We're going to get to that coming up in the next segment, including a guy I think that's a pretty obvious pick, and a guy that's a little more of an off-the-wall pick. Stay with us. Brewers Weekly rolls on. Weekly here on WTMJ, your home of the Brewers. I'm Dom Catronio, Matthew Sossler on the ones and twos. This is a, a segment that I just kind of want to point some attention to some folks that deserve it on this Brewers squad. And one of them's an obvious pick, and I'll just get him out of the way. And here's what Craig Council had to say about him as well Yoel Piomps. Yoel Piomps got his third save of the year tonight. He's got a 3-1 record, a 1-9-60 right? doesn't really tell you much about a reliever. 41 in the third innings, 45 strikeouts. Here's my favorite stat. Eight walks. Eight in 41 in the third innings. Number one rule of a reliever, throw strikes. Yoel Piomps has been awesome. And the other thing about Piomps, he's pitched in just about every inning of a reliever can. The 6th, the 7th, the 8th, the ninth, and extras. He's been awesome. He has been awesome. He's really solidified the 7th and 8th inning, depending on the day. He has been maybe just as important as the acquisition of William Contreras. And remember, the Brewers took a chance on acquiring Yoel in that trade, the three-team deal that brought Contreras here, sent Este Uri Ruiz to the A's, and the Brewers received Piomps in return from the A's in that deal. He was out of options, and he didn't have a great spring. It's a reminder that the Brewers see more than just spring training performances, and not to be a revisionist history, too, but imagine if Adrian Hauser wasn't injured coming out of spring training. That opened up a roster spot, in a way, for Piomps to make this team because he had a bad spring training. I didn't know what they would do with Piomps, given his situation without any options, but without a doubt... He has been awesome, and how important he has been for the crew this year. And, and the bullpen overall has been awesome, too. Craig Council on them. Yeah, he, he's having a great year. Um, you know, really, he's having an all-star caliber year, the way he's throwing the ball. Um, uh, no question about it. So proud of him, happy for him, um, and... Uh, 
you know, we'll try to keep him in that spot and keep him keep him fresh as we can. But he's he's been a really important part. Him, Holby, Elvis, um, Bryce, you know, the guys that have been here all year, and Devin. Those five guys have been um, so so good. They really have. They've been really really good, and they've they've they're a big reason why we're at where we are right now. Yeah, when you ever think about the fact that the Brewers haven't really had a lot of stability in their bullpen. Aside from like the main guys, you know, aside from Devin, and aside from Hobie, the guys that you knew would be throwing some leverage innings. But coming into the year, there was just so much question and so many doubts. Who was going to get the important frames without Boxberger, without Hader, without some other guys that were on this club? And Matt Bush, you know, now being released from the team certainly plays a factor into how many innings and leverage innings he has been getting. But Piomps, man, I can't say enough good things about. How great he has pitched. He attacks hitters. The walks is a big thing. He's got a sub one whip now as well. 0.99. Really, really great stuff from Yoel this year. My other unsung hero in the first half may catch you by surprise. I could go with one of the rookies. I could go with Terang. could go with Weimer. I'm going to go with a different rookie. I'm going to go with Blake Perkins. And here's why. Blake Perkins, switch hitter, so you can put him in there quite a bit. But remember, when he first came up in April, he struggled. He went 1-for-12 at the plate, struck out five times, did not draw a single walk. But then in June, he started to get a little more regular playing time with Tyrone Taylor going back on the injured list, and he might be due back soon. But in June, very quietly, only 52 at-bats, so a small sample, very quietly, Blake Perkins had a 288 average and a 351 on base. He started drawing walks. He dropped five walks. Then here in July, it's kind of cooled off a touch. He's just two for 14 in July. But I think the most important thing about him is defense. He's now a defensive replacement, too, just like Bryce Terrain whenever they're not in the lineup. In fact, the Fielding Bible and Sports Information Solutions, the ones who really set up defensive runs saved and helped were the first originators of that uh, metric, they just named Blake Perkins their Defender of the Month for June. That's not by accident. The Brewers are fourth in defensive runs saved. And Perkins led all players. He had nine in the month of June. Nine defensive runs saved. Think about it. You didn't see him make a single diving catch. Everything was on his feet. That's how much range he has. He also has a sneaky great arm, and he's sneaky fast. Blake Perkins is an unsung hero, diving into some of the advanced metrics. Now, I don't know what the future is with Tyrone Taylor. Plus, obviously, you've got... The reason he's playing so much is for depth, and with Garrett Mitchell being out, Tyrone being out, Sal not ready, Churio not ready. I mean, I don't know where he stands on the, on the depth chart next year, but it's great to see Blake Perkins really perform as well as he has this season and in this first half. I don't know how much longer it's going to last, but here in June and July, he's found a little bit of footing and felt a lot more comfortable. Todd Rosiak wrote a nice piece on him in the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel this past week, so I encourage you to check that out as well. Let's talk about the Reds. This is going to be a fun weekend. Hope to see you at the ballpark. The Reds are on fire, but the Brewers are going to try to calm them down here heading into the half and uh, into the All-Star Games. Talk about Cincinnati and uh, Skyline Chili being completely overrated. Stay with us, Brewers Weekly. It's Brewers Weekly on WTMJ. Last weekend of the first half on the way in the first of six in a row against the Cincinnati Reds. I know we can just break this into a singular series, you know, this weekend and then next weekend. But you got to treat this like it's six in a row because 
If you can go four and two somehow, some way, you're going to feel really, really excited about yourself gaining a game on the Reds and sending the message that you ain't going anywhere. You would like to win it by a 5-1 so that we can actually gain and get back into it because the Reds did win today, so the Brewers remain two games back. But the, 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 the Reds, the number is crazy. They've won now 21 of their last 25 games. But of those four losses, three of them are against the Brewers. Now, that was before Ellie De La Cruz arrived. The Reds are coming in hot. They've won five in a row. They're 49 and 39. The, the Brewers are 47 and 41. And it's all the Ellie De La Cruz show. Ellie now, a 325 batting average, a 361 on base. He doesn't walk. He's up there swinging, for better or for worse. 544 slugging, a 905 OPS. 122 plate appearances. He has. 37 strikeouts. That's more than a 30% strikeout rate. And he's going to get to face Corbin Burns tomorrow, so maybe a little bit of taste of reality. But he's got nine doubles, two triples, four homers, self-proclaimed fastest player, fastest man on earth. Already has 12 stolen bases this year as well in just those 27 games. He's been caught twice. Looking up and down the Reds roster, they can hit, man. Even Jonathan India in a down year, last down couple years since his Rookie of the Year campaign, 252 the 761 OPS is still nothing to sniff at. 17 doubles, 13 homers is great. Jake Fraley continues to hit home runs. He's got 11 dingers this year. 279 batting average. Also, the the rookie, another rookie that's been kind of overshadowed, Matt McClain out of UCLA, former teammates with Garrett Mitchell. 15 doubles, 4 triples, and 7 homers for the rookie McClain. 880 OPS for him. And Joey Votto is back. He's only played in 14 games, including today. He's still getting his legs underneath him. His extra base hits have all been homers. He's got five homers this year in the last year of his deal. Joey Votto, the always fun to interact with Joey Votto. I wonder how his chess game is uh, this time of year. Looking at the rotation, the Brewers, again, Corbin Burns on the mound tomorrow night, 7-10 first pitch. Then we'll have a 3 o'clock game on Saturday, 1 o'clock game on Sunday. Corbin tomorrow, Colin Ray on Saturday, Julio Tehran on Sunday. Andrew Abbott, the rookie, who pitched great against the Brewers in the Sunday finale two weeks ago. Luke Weaver on Saturday and Ben Lively on Sunday. The Brewers have a chance against Cincinnati. As I've said on multiple postgame shows before, this weekend has to be the weekend it becomes a two-horse race, even the next couple of days. Now, you're not going to be gaining on the field unless... You know, the, you're going to need some help from the Yankees since they're going. To, they're taking on the Cubs. They're going to New York, so you can get some space there. Also, can make sure to bury the the Cardinals with the White Sox facing them this week. And then finally, the uh, the Pirates. They are continuing out west. They are taking on the Diamondbacks this weekend. So the Brewers. You know, the rest of the division is playing some solid opponents, and the Brewers have a chance now if they can take two straight series from the Reds to make it a two-horse race, to separate themselves from the rest of the division, and make some of those teams become sellers, right? Pittsburgh's stuck in limbo. St. Louis needs to sell. I, I declared them dead yesterday. I'm sticking to it. I'm not going to regret it. I know I probably will, but I'm sticking to it. Six games, and then you're going to see them again a week later, right? And then you're done. So there is some urgency here with the Reds. You'll go to Philly after next after the All-Star break. You'll go to Cincinnati and then Philly. Then you come home from Atlanta and Cincinnati again, and then boom, you're done with them in July. 
very condensed portion of the schedule with them. So you got to make it count here coming this week. Hope to see you at the ballpark cheering on the Brew Crew loud and proud. We're going to go with some uh, odds and ends around the league coming up here in this final segment. I'm really stoked for this weekend, man. I'm really, really excited to see Ellie De La Cruz play live. Uh, I think the Brewers, I think Corbin Birds might have figured something out in his last start. Just don't throw the sinker and good things happen. Throw more breaking balls, good things happen. I actually have a breakdown on that coming out tomorrow before the game. That's on my Twitter at Dom underscore Catronio, D-O-M underscore C-O-T-R-O-N-E-O. We're going to wrap up the program right after this. This is Brewers Weekly. This is Brewers Weekly on WTMJ. Two minutes left in this one. Thanks to everybody who's tuned in. Remember, you can find everything on Brewers All Access on your podcast feeds, wherever you may be listening. Leave us a rating here at the half. Maybe folks are going to discover us here now that it is the second half of the season and trying to get back into Brewers mode here. Tell your friends if you want to listen in here on WTMJ Live or after most games. As long as it's not a weekend day game, or excuse me, a weekday day game, are the only days that we generally don't have a postgame show. So moving forward, we should be a lot more regular, given the the 4th of July holiday was on a Tuesday with the day games and all that fun stuff. But anyway, i got post games for you all weekend long. We'll have another Brewers Weekly next Thursday to preview the second half, and I'm really excited about some of the content that's going to be in that episode. Also, had a conversation with Matt Arnold last weekend uh, at Summerfest. That is on the Brewers All Access feed. Even his Wednesday morning visits with Wisconsin's Morning News talked a lot about first base in that episode uh, this morning so check that out there and also talked a lot about the roof happenings i'm sick of the roof talk man i'm just so sick of it i think ross was sick of it too after he said it and realized the mistake he made nonetheless moving on with all that roof talk so brewers all access drop us a rating drop us a review if you are so inclined we would really greatly appreciate it wherever you listen to your podcasts Quick reminder of the schedule this week with post games after every game. A 110 first pitch, or excuse me, 710 first pitch on Friday. Our coverage will begin at 6 right after Wisconsin's afternoon news. Uh, it'll be Greg Matzik on with Brewers warm-up. Then the network coverage will take over at 635. Game starts at 710. Then on Saturday, I will have Brewers warm-up starting at 2 o'clock, taking you to 235 when network coverage will take over. We're a 310 first pitch. And then finally, on Sunday, 110 first pitch, network coverage at 1235. I'm Don Catronio. Keep on swinging.